to see Tanner sitting patiently at the table they had bagged in the corner. He watched her pick up her phone, swipe at the screen a few times, then set it back down. He watched her use the tips of two fingers to straighten the handset in line with the edge of the tabletop before sitting back and folding her hands into her lap. A few seconds later, she moved the phone again. Failing to catch the eye of the barman, Thorne looked around at the pub's lavish Victorian interior, ornate marble columns, gilded mirrors and decorated glass. Fine, he supposed, if you liked that kind of thing, though his own taste ran rather more towards spit and sawdust. A wooden sign listed the rules for those entering the old jail, while another inside the door proudly boasted that the pub was among the most haunted in the city and a regular stop on London's ghost tours. Thorne wondered if the spirits were all those of customers who had died while waiting to be served. Look at the arse on that last one. Thorne turned to see the barman pointing towards a row of large paintings on the far wall. Three women wearing togas, Thorne supposed they would be called maidens, in various wistful poses, with a statue, what looked like a sheaf of wheat. Agriculture, business and the arts, the barman said. What they're meant to be. Represent whatever. The one at the end's got a dirty big hole in her rear end, though. See? Thorne craned his neck obligingly, but couldn't see anything. Some soldier in a First World War. Shot it or stuck a bayonet in it or something. Everyone's a critic, Thorne said. He carried a glass of Glenfiddich and a pint of Guinness back to the table, laid them well away from Tanner's phone. He raised his glass and Tanner did the same, and for a second or two they stared at one another a little awkwardly. Were they celebrating the result in court? or toasting Tanner's murdered girlfriend. Right. Thorne lowered his eyes and his mouth to the beer. After downing half her whiskey in two gulps, Tanner began talking. Though they had said nothing else about her dead partner on the short walk to the pub, she spoke as though picking up the thread of a conversation that had only been briefly interrupted, as though Thorne had invited her to carry on where they'd left off. After the Finlay case, I did some work with the Honour Crimes Unit, she said. Such as it is. She waited a few seconds. Some of the murder cases that had gone cold, some of those they suspected were honour killings but couldn't prove. How many's that? A lot more than the official figures would have you believe, but it really depends which sort you're talking about. Tanner reached for a coaster and put her glass down. Some perpetrators take a lot of trouble to make a straightforward honour killing look like something else. Something sexually motivated, a random attack, a suicide, maybe. Sometimes the victim just mysteriously disappears, goes abroad for a wedding and never comes back, and I've come across at least a couple that look suspiciously like faked car accidents. Thorne nodded. These were scenarios he had come across only rarely, but which were nonetheless familiar. What's the other sort? Half a smile. I knew you'd ask the right questions. Thorne took a sip of Guinness, thinking, or the wrong ones. Up close, he could see that there was rather more grey in Tanner's hair than he had noticed before, that such makeup as there was could not disguise the deep lines around the woman's mouth and the shadowy half-moons beneath her eyes, a face changed by a fortnight of tears and no sleep. Tanner smiled and leaned forward, the answer to Thorne's question was clearly the reason they were here. Well, the trouble with honour killings, 
for the people that carry them out, I mean, is that any copper with half a brain cell tends to know who they're looking for. It's the father or the brothers or the uncles or some other family combination. Obviously, there's a lot of lying and secrecy to deal with, but we tend to get there in the end. Not quite an open and shut case, but pretty close. Not always men, though, right? No, not always. But nine times out of ten, it's a relative. I'm guessing it's the one time out of ten that you're interested in, though. Her expression confirmed it. Look, there isn't an ounce of anything like nobility in what these people do. None at all. It's murder, pure and simple, pretending to be something else. But some of those responsible do at least accept that they'll be going to prison for it. The punishment is part of it in some twisted way. Some of them are quite happy to strangle their sisters or daughters and then march into the nearest police station and ask for the handcuffs to be slapped on. Men of honour.